Welcome to the Politics of Everything. I'm Amber Danes, your host and podcast producer. This is a half hour of power, a podcast dropping every week where I unpack the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment, quality, and much, much more. Our guests are seasoned in the field or topic of their choice, even if you've not heard of them yet. This is a non-partisan show. So while I love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate of ideas, this is not a purely blue, white, green program. Please subscribe, tune in and enjoy the politics of everything. Business development is the lifeblood of any organisation. It is in many ways about building connections and capitalising on that, as well as finding new ways to expand your product or service offering to existing customers. However, with sales some, something being something that people find challenging, even off-putting, what is that gold standard that you need to do great BD? To find out, I'm speaking today to Victoria Butt, who I met probably around 10 years ago through a networking group, the perfect business development environment perhaps. Victoria is the founder and executive search consultant of Parity Consulting, a serial entrepreneur, founder and chief training officer at Evolve Series Sales Training and board member for Entrepreneurs Organisation Sydney and an angel investor for BIPAC Fanga. In 2021, BIPAC Angels was created and it was an angel investment fund exclusively working with supporting females who are black, indigenous and people of colour. It was a decade ago that she founded Parity Consulting, a recruitment organisation specialising in placing diverse and capable talent in product, pricing, digital marketing and data analytics. Parity was founded to reshape how the industry saw candidates and lift them to be equal to the client. In 2017, she joined EO in Sydney and led the first diversity, equity and inclusion initiative the organisation had seen in the APAC region and now sits on the Sydney board for member success. In 2020, at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, Victoria set up Evolve Sales Training, an online sales training platform, especially for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Based on long-term sales mentoring, this B2B platform provides processes, accountability and frameworks for busy entrepreneurs and sales professionals to drive sustainable higher revenue, something we all want. A mother of two young children, a wife, blogger and self-confessed wine snob, I'm with you on that, Victoria. She's passionate about anything to do with diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So today we are diving in to discuss the politics of business development. Welcome, Victoria. Thanks, Amber. Thank you for having me. Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Since 2017, I have relied on Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution to make the process quick and painless, the way podcasting should be. If you know me, I'm pretty obsessed with quality guests, quality content, and quality sound, and that's what Zencaster allows me to do. Not to mention, it's really easy to use, even for my guests that aren't particularly tech savvy. There's nothing to download. They just click on the link and we start recording. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy and with everything from local recording to automatic post-production all in the one tool, you don't have to leave your browser to get each episode done. I want you to have the same great experience that I do for all my podcasts and content needs. So I have a special offer for you. If you go to Zen ai forward slash politics of everything and enter this promo code you'll get 30 percent off in your first three months when you sign up to zencaster pro that's z e n dot ai politics of everything it's now time to share your story 
Okay, young Victoria, what did you want to be when you grow up? Did you think you'd be a prima ballerina, an astronaut? <laughs> like tell us a little bit about what you thought you'd be as a kid and kind of how you ended up where you are today. Definitely not a prima ballerina. I think um, I never was the quite quite the right shape for that. Um, so I've been really trying to, to reflect on this. My parents are working class British and I just remember growing up in a really hard-working household, they always really installed hard work into me but always said, i never forget my dad who, who's a carpenter, always said that he hoped I didn't have to work as hard as him to maintain sort of um, and look after my family. So I just remember I just wanted to take care of my folks and make sure they weren't going to worry about, you know, money in later in life. And I just remember working super hard um, or wanting to work super hard, but but also wanted um, resources. So I started out wanting to be a hairdresser, and then <laughs> you I, do have great hair, by the way. I do notice that I about you. I just love hair. I've always loved hair, <laughs> and then um, I realised that really to make decent money in hairdressing, you know, you had to be super super talented, and I just wasn't that talented. And then I wanted to be in the army. And, and that was fulfilling some of the boxes. So, yes, you worked hard. Yes, you made money. But it, it was going to take a while for me to make money and, and, and things. Look, I actually just have the most unromantic story about how I fell into executive search because I actually started recruiting investment bankers in London, which was not very purposeful, I have to say, but I did earn shit tons You, of you could make a lot of money doing that. I'm just thinking bankers, you know, they're not short of a dollar. W- so that's the thing. My three things were like work hard, make money, be impactful, and I just remember that as a kid. So the whole investment banking thing, look, I impacted a couple of people, but, of course, they impacted the world. So um, that was not sustainable for for, for me, but that that's ultimately how I fell into executive search. Excellent. Well, it sounds like you've been successful in that business, clearly, and having had your own business for quite a long time now, and another business has, has sprung up since. Yeah. I imagine that business development has been a key part of your career and business life. Yeah. Give us a bit of a snapshot into how you approach business development, because for a lot of people, it's a little bit daunting. Oh, look, I think it's daunting for us all. And, and of course, you have those people out there that, you know, just seem natural and just walk in, get, get the sale done and walk out. But the reality is, is for most of us, you know, authentic selling is it, it, it isn't something that you can do. You can do naturally unless you, you sort of work at it. Look, I have been probably more on the natural side of a business developer because I am um, extroverted, I am very process orientated, and I love people, I love relationships. So I've got a few of those boxes ticked quite naturally. But I think for, for me and, and why I think I've been successful in this area is that I've always approached it in a long-term way. So I've never approached, well, I say never, I've very rarely ap- approached um, a connection or a relationship with, with just a sale in mind, of course, that is absolutely what is my one of my objectives. But it is truly one of my objectives. So I've been super long-term orientated. And I think that, um, well, I've been told that people really respect that about me, that I can deviate from the sale if it's not in their best interest or, you know, if it's not going to work as a partnership. I'm also a little bit of a dog with a bone, right? So I, I am... Um, <laughs> 
you know, I mean, you'd have to be to be the executive search. Let's cut to this because, you know, it's, it's a difficult industry to be successful in sometimes. It is. And I think in any kind of entrepreneurial world as well, you know, you've got to stay in touch and you've got to follow up. So, oh my goodness, I could give you a hundred ways that I've followed up clients in the past, which have been weird and wonderful, just to keep front of mind. And so I think my follow-up process is, is pretty cool. And I have fun with it, right? So give us a little example. I'm just picturing you, I don't know, turning up in a Wonder Woman costume going, do you remember me? Oh, but mate, we might not I've be talking got, about that. I've got no shame. Um, so <laughs> I once, oh my goodness, I don't think I've ever told anyone this. Oh, just oh, tell I, everyone. There's only 10,000 people listening. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I heard your stats, Ham. It's super impressive. Right. So I was working for a very high-end fund manager. Look, I won't tell you who it is. No, that's okay. No names is okay. But they're they're a pretty cool fund manager. And uh, I got a really big piece of work for them and I was bloody lucky. Right time, right place. I was 26 years old. Should never have got this mandate. It was more than my salary for two years type mandate. And um, anyway, got this mandate and, and did my job and did a good job. But I, I, I couldn't crack the one of the, the very senior kind of investment portfolio managers. I just couldn't. He just, we just didn't mesh, you know. There were so many different reasons for that. But what was happening is he was having leave-in drinks because he was leaving to go to the US and he still works for them in, in New York. And he had off the cuff invited me and a couple of other individuals to his leaving drinks, but I was not invited, right? He sort oh, of just no. threw it out there. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you know, you guys should come. And when he said guys, he meant me and three of the lads I was with, you know, and I was that was, that was not going to stop me. To never forget, right, turned up at the Ivy Pool Bar with all my blooming stilettos and and my suit on and him and a few of his colleagues were sitting in the middle there's like an island in the middle of the pool and he saw me and I waved and I took one of my female staff with me just to look like casual we were having a drink oh my goodness gracious me he must have thought this person is just too much as my son, as my five-year-old son says, too much, mum, too much. <laughs> but you know what? I, I put my, you know, shoulders back, head up, went over and said, hey, I just wanted to buy you a drink. I understand you're leaving, do. How are you feeling about going to the US? And, um, and of course, we've, we've stayed in touch since. He still thinks I'm batty as anything. But that's probably the lowest I've gone. <laughs> or, or maybe like just that's just great relationship building because they can't ignore you and they can't forget you. <laughs> Well, I didn't have a costume on, but I have to say it was, it was, I certainly wasn't invited and I got some frowns, but look, I had a drink and left, so I didn't overstay my welcome. <laughs> Excellent. Great products and services don't always mean money spinners. And look, in my career in PR and strategic comms, I'm always amazed when I guess businesses still focus a lot on the shiny stuff. And it's important, you know, things like fabulous social media content on Insta or, you know, great blog posts or sort of com- you know, conversation pieces on LinkedIn, but often that doesn't convert to sales. What is the secret source that you think some businesses might be missing in that sort of process of training themselves how to get better at it? I think they just think if I put it out there, they will come, but that doesn't always work. No, no, it doesn't. Look, that is actually one of the reasons why I set up Evolve sales training 
because I've been mentoring entrepreneurs and sales professionals my whole my whole life. So although I run two recruitment businesses, I've actually been I've sort of stepped away from them progressively over the last few years and, and very much gone into um, advisory and sort of mentorship and things. And it, to me, it, it was becoming really upsetting seeing some almost friends and some amazing people with some amazing products like really good products um, not make it run out of funding yeah um, and not make it because the distribution strategy wasn't there and it wasn't there early enough so um, one of the yeah, I think that's a big thing I'm just thinking about that just from a sorry to interrupt you but just thinking from a PR point of view like there's a couple of publications that always talk about how much money a business has raised and you know what a great idea it is I love to see where those businesses are in 12 months or five years because yeah. you know that's not the story we hear we just think everyone who raises money and has a great idea is going to win but yeah, yeah curious to know how how you sort of navigate that yeah no absolutely I completely agree with you right so we just hear the story and and so many people I speak to in fact I'd say I'd say 50% of people I speak to are, are on to a side hustle where they want to make the next big, you know, multi-million and all the rest of it. And I love that. I love that entrepreneurial pace and the creativity. My first question is, what, what's the problem with solving? And, and most of them have got that really down pat. They've done some really good customer testing. So that's the first point, right? What's the problem you're solving and what's the customer pain point? The second is what will the customer pay for it? Will they pay? How much will they pay? And how often? And unfortunately, that normally comes fifth or sixth to a lot of people. And so for me, I'm like, unless you can commercialise it, how are you going to make money? People will say to me all the time, like, what do you think about this? Or have you got some advice to me? Can you mentor me and all the rest of it? And I'm like, look, what do you need? Like, I don't think mentors, um, I know I'm going off track here, but I really don't think mentors, a mentorship is like a relationship. So Yeah, absolutely. I think, no, I don't think going off track or I actually think it's an important conversation to have because people want to know what's in the mix, you know. Well, yeah, it's the whole mental thing and mentorship thing I, I find really curious. I, I, I mentor people I, I sort of want to get in bed with in, 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 the, in the most kind of cleanest way. You know, I, I, there has to be chemistry, you know, there has to be, I have to, be useful to them nothing worse than being you know unuseful to someone especially when they come to you with something you have no idea about exactly it's not ideal it makes you kind of feel bad as well um but with the with the whole my biggest thing is is how you gonna how you gonna make money and they kind of look at me as though I'm a bit cold look I think that that we're not sure of ideas people right so we've all got ideas um and I think it's just like it's all about that that execution piece on, on how it's actually going to work and, and what the customers will actually pay for it. So before I set up Evolve Sales Training, I was trying to work out what my next thing was because I was sort of coming to the end of my executive search kind of world. The business is now run by a couple of GMs and they're amazing. And I just, to be honest with you, every time I go in there, I feel like I mess it up. So they just want me to leave now. Um <laughs> So I'm like, what do I do now? What, what, what do I do next? And I sort of came up with this sort of concept, which isn't where I landed. So I went out to, went out to customers, found the pain point. And then I went into, 
I went into build mode, right? I did what everyone else does, even though I know better. I did what it, when everyone When you say build does. mode, like you're, you're doing the functionality pieces, you're yeah. like writing the program, yeah. you're doing the website, whatever, doing whatever. Doing the marketing, doing all the, I did the logo, I got the name. Do you know how much money I spent on those GoDaddy websites? You know the, the ones that you can buy the domain name? Yep. So in one year I spent $2,000 on different domain names. And none of them I'm using. And it was because mm. I was an idiot, right? I jumped. What I did is I said I've got a pain point and I did some great customer research. I was quite proud of my, my research. I spent about four months on it nonstop. And then I just jumped into solution. I did exactly what I'm not supposed like I tell people not to do. Spent all this money on God knows what. And then, of course, realized no one was going to pay for what I was building <laughs> So I shut everything down and started again. Oh, my goodness. And that's an expensive and time-consuming process. (laughs) Well, it was, but it could have been way worse. Um, I actually have a a very, very good friend and mentor of mine, a guy called Damien, Um, and um, he's, look, he can be a bit brutal at times, but it's what I needed. And he just pulled me aside and he was like, what are you doing? Like, that's not, no one's going to pay you that amount of money for that. Um, so it was a really, I was very you rather Wouldn't you rather hear that than have the echo chamber of, you know, you're fabulous, this is great, and then you find out a year later that that was just a complete waste of time? 100%. I think that's much more valuable. Absolutely. And you're the same, Amber. I've got, I've got small kids. If I'm going to be away from my children, which I, sometimes I have to be to stay sane, I have to say, but if I'm going to do something. <laughs> by choice. Yeah, exactly, by choice, yeah. But if I am going to miss those, you know, those odd carnivals and you know all of those things they do it's gotta I've gotta be impacting others and and so that's why I really wanted to make sure that evolved sales training was the right price point and all the rest of it look it's still very early days but it's it's filling a problem for for my other businesses so that's really helpful and so far it's been really well received so more than 40% of actual salespeople, so these are people that actually have chosen or are in sales for a living, say that prospecting is the most challenging part of that sales process, followed by obviously the closing, you know, around 36% of people find that tricky, and then the qualifying. So how can BD be done organically and authentically? I think people who even love their businesses like you find approaching sales daunting, or they might have some early success, but then what? what's next? Yeah, absolutely. So, look, sales isn't, it doesn't have to be as, as arduous and tricky as, as what I think sometimes we make it. it. It is something that needs to be weaved in organically into a business from the start. So I think I've seen a lot of businesses grow to, you know, say a million and, and they've got a couple of staff and they're doing well, but it's sort of really hard to scale from there. And then they sort of get me in and they say, hey, can you help us on our our distribution strategy and can you help us on sales? But sales hasn't been from the start a a fundamental part of the culture. In fact, sometimes it's the dirty word. And so from the start, I'm looking to change in people's hearts, not just minds. And that is where it's tricky because the culturally in the business, for whatever reason, it hasn't been set up as a sales first business. And that isn't to say it can't change, but it's 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 super important that 
the the actual setup of the business from from the start or as early on if you're really so, so what does that look like are we talking sales funnels or what what, what what's the thing that I guess yeah. if there's a tool is a tried and true way in which yeah. you know helps people keep going with that trajectory so they can yeah. scale and I guess convert sales quicker because even though it's fantastic to have long sales leads when you you have that opportunity but I think a lot of people they get disheartened if it's going to take too long and they might walk away because they just don't have the cash flow to keep that business going well look I think with any kind of sales business if you're or with any kind of business set in investing in a a decent CRM from the start is a very smart move because if you can capture all of your your activity and your leads from the start, what you'll find is individuals that are, find prospecting intimidating is if they actually look over historical data in their business, if they've been going more than a couple of years, prospecting becomes easy when you're actually just re-engineering or you're reigniting some old leads that perhaps came through and you didn't have your shit together at the time to really sort of make sure you saved them properly. So I think the first thing to make sure sales first is is a, a decent CRM. Even even a free, you've got, you know, there's a free version of HubSpot, for instance. So you can even just get, you know, that from the start. So as long as you can capture as much as you can early on. The other thing with sales is to generate sales culture is to have a sales meeting, even if there's two of you in the business, you know, generating that commercial acumen and the sales in in the business and just checking in around those numbers and those pipelines is something else, something else to do as well. The other thing is that sales is made harder when it's not automated. And what I mean by that is that there's so many different ways you can automate your sales so just from a process point of view from how you set up your sales funnel and and I'm not talking big arduous sales funnels I'm literally talking maybe five processes I'm talking about some basic email email templates you've got some reminders even on outlook there's some other stuff you can do some really really basic stuff you can do and all of which is is you know for for next to nothing the other the other way is to to ring fence your business development time from the start and that and that and that business development time cannot be disturbed like it's one of those things that is just so sacred and if that is something that as a business owner or as a salesperson that you lead from the front with then then people will follow that so there's some small kind of things you can do but Historically, with um, businesses that are trying to become sales first, they tend to turn around and say, I just want to hire a sales gun. Yeah, exactly, and put one person in the role and just have them exclusively Um, work on sales. Exclusively work on sales. They're expensive. They don't know the product. They may not be, they may be or they may not be um, passionate about the product. And you pay them all this money and I might as well flip a coin for you because it could work or it could not. And and I'm a I'm a career executive recruiter. I know people so well, and I can't even do that. So, <laughs> um, so for me, it's like okay, you're trying to solve a problem by throwing money at, at one person, and actually, you're probably going to do some of your great profits on a solution that actually can be changed by some process reengineering. And and I think that the reason why I really, really wanted to to get into this kind of sales mentoring world is that 
it, it's about how changing how people think and feel about sales. So we all know we need to do business development if we're kind of in and around those roles, right? But we, you know, often will think of lots of different reasons not to, perhaps, perhaps. Um, but if you have a, def- a better relationship with sales and if you've got your processes and all your pre- procedures set up and your life set up for it, it is, it's super fun and you can... When you've got a bit of structure around it and you feel differently about it, you'll get the wins and then it will perpetuate that. You don't need to be a career salesperson to do that. And in a small business, there's no reason why four or five people can't do all of them do a bit of business development every week. There's no reason. It's just giving them the tools and actually reframing what it means. Is there one piece of sort of automation or tech, you've mentioned a couple of examples there, that yeah. you think is like the bee's knees and that will really help people? Is there something that you think, oh, my gosh, if you just did one thing today yeah. or this week or next no. week, it would be this? Oh, it would be um, like cloning amazing salespeople, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Have you got that technology under apps? <laughs> oh, I've, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, so, look, there. There isn't a one-stop shop, but there's there's a few different technologies that, that I think people should look at. And, and Abby, you already use one of them because I booked in to speak to you this way. But you can, you can use the, yeah. the, the, the diary management calendars. I mean, that's a really great, really cheap technology that will save you quite a lot of time back and forth. A, a lot of those things you'll find that clients will fall off the funnel when you're messing around with diaries. You, you miss their, their windows, they miss yours, and then it's all just too hard. So that's a easy win easy win everyone yeah absolutely should. I think everyone should just do that and also just yeah freeze you up to have to think about replying to just another email which you know if you add that up 100 times a day is a lot of, a lot of time in well, your life well that's it that's it so I've mentioned um HubSpot I think the the other the other technologies out there there's there's quite a few that are, you've got Clavio which is a really good sort of marketing mailing um Clavio is probably the best on that and of course you have social media kind of aggregators like later.com I quite like later it's very affordable and you can do some really good thought leadership on there and you can just kind of do the do the sort of social media inputting and sort of leave it for four weeks because obviously remember that is part of the sales process as well especially when you know you're working with different strategic partners so look to answer your question there isn't a one-stop shop in terms of one um, technology that, that covers everything. But if you just look at where you're spending too much of your time, I promise you there's something out there for you. You Absolutely. know, there's so many beautiful widgets and wonderful plugins these days. I mean, we are in, we are, we're in the world of automation. So I think the key thing is, is work out where you're spending most of your time. Uh, and, and if it's sort of going backwards and forwards, diary management, of course, that's, that's an easy fix. Um, I do find with sales though, is that a lot of where people, people spend their time is the story they tell themselves. So, the reasons not to call someone are basically 80% of the reasons why someone doesn't pick up the phone and contact a new prospect. So it's 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 actually all to do with us as humans rather than what's you know, in our heads investing sometimes. in automated tools. 
Absolutely. Um, you have mentioned mentors in our conversation today, but is there another one that sort of stands out for you particularly that's made such a big impact perhaps in your life or your business career? So it was my first boss, actually. So her name's Marion, and she she made her money by by the time she was she was my age. So I'm the sweet young age of just turned forty, and she retired super early. And she was just so generous and wise. And I worked for her when I was twenty one, and I never really knew how just wonderful she was. She was super fun, and and sorry, she was she she is super fun, but she was always really firm. Um, and so she had this really amazing sort of balance between warmth and also firmness you know you you could never take the mickey out of her she you know she was really bounded um and she's just and still is incredible to me and I, I I'm very fond of her and then in terms of mentors look I'm a massive Brené Brown Adam Grant Simon Sinek fan I just think some of their content is the it's it, you know it's progressive it's the way it's the way I, I sort of think and feel really. So I really, really love their work. So, but in terms of mentors, like I honestly think that I learn from every single th- person that, you know, um, I speak to, like even speaking to you just for, you know, five minutes before we jumped on the recording, you know, I learned from you. And, and I, I just, I think that I am so lucky. I just have so many people around me that I'm just really fond of and they just teach me something every day. So that just feeds my soul. If we spoke in a year's time, what would be the number one thing you have hoped to have changed in your career or business and why? I want to truly work from anywhere. So with my kids at school, they're quite, they're kindy, they're sort of kindy in year one. So you've got a while to go. (laughs) Yes, they've got a while to go. And I don't think education is really, I think I'm okay taking them out of school for a bit. Yeah. So I'm actually in the process. So we bought, bought a house in Queenstown last year. So I'm just in the process convincing my lovely husband to let us work from there for three months of next year so that's my plan um I'm also um looking to exit but not from a sale but just looking to exit one of my businesses just to free up a bit more time so they're probably Excellent. not that's high lots end of exciting the- things sorry that's very exciting that's oh, lots of exciting things oh do you think so I don't know sometimes I need bigger hairier goals but um they're my <laughs> mildly hairy goals <laughs> A final takeaway message for us today on the politics of business development. Sales is fun and if you can make it work for you and you can reframe how you feel about it, your revenue will most certainly grow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been such a pleasure to chat to you today and reconnect, obviously, after such a long time from seeing each other. If you do want to find out more about what Victoria Butt does or her businesses, there are some details on our show notes. Until next time, take care. Thank you so much. Thanks, Amber. Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the politics of everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects. I'm always on the hunt for new and diverse guests so if you or someone you know has a fresh idea you're busting to get out there please email me at amber at amberdanes.com and my crew will get back to you very soon.